Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. I don't want to call you up by name. I'm not sure. You know, if you if you really don't want to share this morning, I'll leave that up to you. I encourage you to do that. I know that all of you have received an impartation. It probably needs to be shared. But I'm not going to insist that you come up. But here's the thing. I don't know who's coming up first, but the one who comes up first doesn't have to worry about what anybody else is going to say. Amen. You don't have to worry about somebody stealing your thunder or say, hey, I was going to talk about that. Now I don't know what to say. So you can eliminate all that by coming up first if you want. So whoever wants to start out, you can come up right now. Okay, we got one there, Queenie. Now see, nobody, Queenie don't have to worry about what anybody else says because he's going to say it first. <laughs> Amen. You know, this has been bothering me since Friday, since they said it. Uh-oh. I know the guys went to the meeting knows what I want to say. The question to you ladies out there, are you a double agent? Let's see your hands. Think before you raise your hand. I did one, but I won't say. This been bothering me ever since Friday when he first said it. Are you a double agent? Out of all them men, not one hand went up. You know why? Because the power of God was in the house. It ain't us going out here say like people I know that I'm a Christian you walk outside they're cussing like a satyr to me double agent no I serve one master and one master only pastor and pastorette don't know this this morning I was taking a shower the devil tried to stop me on my breathing. I wouldn't allow it. I told him to get out of here. I said, Satan, I am not no double agent. I am not washing you. It took me about 15 minutes to get my breath back. But I got it back. I thank God for that. I will never, ever, the rest of my life, serve no Satan. And you got two pastor or three. They'd say Brother Darrell's a reverend. He's a pastor. I would do anything in this world for these three people. I'd do anything for anybody. And uh, 
they talk about out there your pastor can do so much. Well, that hit home run to me because that sounds like some of us who say we're Christian is actually a double agent. You know, to me, I growed up back in the mountain, went to church. My, my dad made me go. That's when part of the pastor and pastorate knew that the women sit on one side, men sit on the other side. And if the kids got out of hand, don't worry about mom, worry about dad. And you know, older I got, my dad told me, he said, you live in my house, you'll serve the Lord and go to church. Well, like all kids back then, young, wild, dumb, and stupid, I said, he don't know what he's talking about. But I'm telling you, I was dead wrong. God had his hand on me for 70 years because I've been in some stuff I shouldn't even be walking, shouldn't even be in this world. But God saved me. And a double agent? No, I'll never be a double agent. I'll serve God. And I also will serve this church here as my own, as my father's house, and try to, my best to keep it up, keep it clean. Hallelujah. Good job, Queen. Good job. Hallelujah. Well, see, those of you that were going to talk about double agents now, you lost your chance. <laughs> now, I'm sure there's more to say about double agents. Amen. <laughs> it's more to it than what Queenie just told us. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can be double agent. But we don't have too many double agents in here, do we? Maybe one or two or three or, or maybe maybe none. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Good job, Queenie. Who's next? Who wants to share next? Brother Will. I'm going to tell you something. I heard Brother Will say hoorah more than once at that meeting. <laughs> I know God was dealing with him. On that first night, Pastor Barclay, he opened up and he was speaking about being true to the faith, not going through all the motions and exactly what determines a fake. I am a convert for way too long. If I really want to be a Christian, then I must give up many, many fleshly temptations and be more productive with the church and lead my family by example. Frazier went Saturday morning, and he spoke that we are new creations, not what science or the world wants us to believe. We are not maggots that evolved into apes or cavemen. We are not animals that live in a cave, meaning we are not meant to hide ourselves away when times are uncertain or get rough. We are to climb higher, strive to be on top. God is a king, Lord of lords. We are sons of God. Yeah. I believe meaning we are meant to live in a kingdom. Yeah. This world is fake. Wants you to live in a cave like a timid animal. Yeah. But we are like lions. Amen. 
fearless, bold, almighty with our faith. Where is my peace and joy? God is for me. Nothing can stand against me. That is my peace. Therefore, I need to be seeking God first. Do not be afraid or scared when someone threatens you or circumstances rages against you when you have the Lord's righteousness. Do not repeat the same cycles and expect different answers. When God has given you the answers, the answers doesn't change. I must become more spiritual and less carnal. You got to work on that one a lot. Barclay came in Saturday and started out telling us how to get the word out. Use your testimonies. It's the best tools you have to help the ones that do not know God. Break down some of your testimonies and use the small details to bring them to God. I must be able to take orders and criticisms from my pastors and understand they are guiding us to clear paths to righteousness and better life. The more powerful your faith and belief is, the more you follow the promising future in God, the more the enemy will come after you and try to steal, kill, and destroy your freedom and peace of mind. He also talked about I must be the head of my marriage, kids, money, house, anything. I must be accountable for everything. He said, heaven is my gift. I can't earn it. I can't buy it. I was chosen to do something for Christ with my gifts from God. I believe he meant I need to get out of the cave. I can have a million ideas, but if I do nothing with what I am capable of, I wasted my talents and gifts. Last he spoke, my body is a living sacrifice. Don't feed it filth or junk. Take care of it. Let it be seen that you are representing and following Christ. Hallelujah. Well, I appreciate y'all coming. You just got the whole You just got the whole conference there, so <laughs> Man, that's some good notes, brother. Well, I didn't know you See, I couldn't see him from where I was sitting, but he's, he was obviously pretty busy over there writing some good notes, huh? Amen. That was good. Hallelujah. Who's next? Who's next? Mm-hmm. Come to Brother Robert. Yeah. yeah. You, should, you should be wide awake. Yeah. I don't drink coffee, but I want Starbucks. Uh, one key factor that uh, they said was go to church. Don't try to get it on the TV. You can't get it. You got to go to church. Amen. And that's a big thing it hit. Yeah. That was one of the big key factors. Some of the other brothers said some of the things already, but that was one of the other key factors. Go to church. Yeah. Amen. Good job, brother Rob. Hallelujah. See, everybody got something. Amen. Yeah. You know, they said... Uh, that uh, you can gain some knowledge over the internet or over television. You can learn some things, but you cannot be pastored. You can't be pastored over the, t- the 
internet or te television or anything like that. You got to be here in person. Amen. Amen. And uh, like I said earlier, he said, we, we got saved, but we're being saved. Yes. You won't be 100% saved until you're going up in that sky. Amen. And in the meanwhile, you have to be in the church because it's the church that's going to fix you, get you from being saved to going to heaven. Amen. There's no guarantees. So there's an effort that you have to put forth. Amen. Come on, Pedro. Did I just preach yours? <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Barkley come up that night. And this was a scripture come out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Little do you know, I almost called you about three weeks before. This been on my heart the whole time. So I know God had answered that right there for me. What a good God. What a good God. So what he was getting at was, wow. He said, you won't even know till that first step in glory or the other if you were saved or not. Christ says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't check out on me here. Because you're going to say, hey, brother, I got saved in Little Flock Baptist, 1999. I got saved at Evangel Tabernacle. I got saved at Faith Fellowship. That's not what this says here. Scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Sounds like it's an ongoing process. Hallelujah. Good job, Patty Way. All right, who's next? Who's next? Who else wants to go? Brother Steve, come on, buddy. This is all being recorded for posterity. Well, first, first of all, we got awesome pastors, don't we? Amen. They lead and guide you. They tell you what you need to do. Like somebody always said, sometimes it hurts, sometimes it don't. But you've got to take it. You've got to keep going. That's just like he was talking about. This last year had been, everybody knows how this last year had been. It's been, been hard on everybody, been hard on the churches. Yeah. Like Pastor said, half of them not even opening back up. Yeah. And those people have got to the point where it was easier to watch it here, easier to watch it here, and stay at home and drink your coffee and watch it. That, that don't work. That don't work. And uh, as he said, you have to keep going. The devil hits you. You got to get from here. The devil's fighting you. And like somebody said, the double agent. That don't work. You got to be on one side or the other. And the pastors teach us the way it needs to be. They're right on target. I mean, you go to, like we went out there. Well, the thing was, like pastor and I have been teaching, you've got to do it as it says. You can't take no shortcuts. Shortcuts get you in more trouble than you can get out of. So, uh, as he said, it's been a bad year, but this year is going to be 100% better. We'll get everything back to normal. And, and that's all I got. Good job. That takes a lot of guts to get up here and say something, you know I've been doing it 20-something years, and I still get butterflies on a Sunday morning. I've been especially getting them on a Wednesday nights because of Pastor Ed, but I'm, I'm getting better. 
All right, I think that's everybody, right? Brother Kevin. Hallelujah. Ethan, uh huh. Who votes for Ethan? Amen. Um, like I said, everything everybody said is great. Um, but I guess truly, um, and this is not speaking out of faith, but, you know, uh, honestly, when me and Jerry and the devil tried to get us before we walked through the door because we were, you know, we were prepared to have masks and everything and walked in the door and we were like, holy Jesus, nobody had a mask on. <laughs> we were like, uh, you know, and, you know, and then what it says in Second Timothy, you know, talking about God not giving the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I mean, honestly, I shook a few gentlemen's hands. Honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I've shook somebody's hands. It's probably been a year, and I'm sure probably y'all y'all can, especially the men can. I'm not, and I tell you, it was the spirit of fear tried to grip, you know, me and Jerry, we were like, because, you know, even though we're not recovered by the blood and stuff like that, but it's just, it was just different, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not shook nobody's hands, and we're like, you know, just, you know, with the COVID stuff, you're like, so, but but we got over that, so, and that was good, uh, but, you know, it just, just being honest, we've been real. I mean, that's the, that was the thing, but, you know, got through, you know, that was, but that was just right, but that's what the devil tried to do. He'll try to destroy you right from the very beginning, Amen. you know, so, you know, but, you know, we had a lot of good people there, you know, Dr. Barkley, uh, but, you know, the one thing he talked about uh, Friday night, you know, about the, you know, the ministry, different ministries you have, but, but, you know, about the ministries of help and stuff like that, so, you know, everything that we do, you know, we, you know, what Pastor Ed and Pastor asked us to do, we're not doing it, you know, for them. Like Dr. Like Dr. Bark, I think Dr. Barker was Friday or yesterday talked about the gentleman. He wanted to be more in the leadership in church, whatever, and uh, he wanted, he'd showed up for church and stuff. And he said, okay, well, then he missed a, like a Saturday meeting, like we have, you know, to help do stuff around the church. And you know, and he apologized, Dr. Barkley, the next day, the next Sunday, and he's like, Sunday wouldn't, you know, for us, you do it for God. You know, he said, you didn't disappoint me, and I didn't say he disappointed God, but, you know, he said, you didn't do it for him. So, you know, if Pastor and him ask us to do something, you know, we're, we're doing it for God, you know, doing it unto God, you know, that, that's the thing. And uh, I think the other thing, you know, he talked about, you know, as far as like the ministry of helps, uh, you know, what, and I think I'm not saying we've got, gotten away from this, but, you know, what it talks about in Habakkuk, talks about, you know, writing the, you know, the, the vision, you know, for the church, you know, of what, you know, where we're going, you know, especially where we're going, but what we need. Yeah. You know, and something the Lord spoke to me Friday night, I don't know why I was, you know, pointed at Daryl about that one song, The Dry Rattling Bones, that one song, really good song. But the Lord spoke to me is, you know, and we've, every time we've come up, you know, with a roof, the parking lot, and I don't, Pastor, and I'm not trying to speak out of turn, but, I think the Lord laid it behind my heart and prayers for a long time. We need a new sound system, folks. Yeah. We need a new sound system. So, I mean, the Lord, like I said, I'm not trying to overstep. Uh, Lord told me, Daryl, you need to find out what it costs if we need new. I mean, I know by these speakers, I think I've seen these speakers for 20, I might be wrong, but I think for a long time. That's what, and that's what I told Shan this morning. You know, I said, you know, there's nothing too big for God. We, we did this roof. We did this parking lot. But we need, we don't need, you know, every time pastor says say something, pop, crap. We need to, you know, we expect people to come in from the outside. We want, we want perfect, you know, we want the best that we can have. 
So whatever we need, I just it's just the Lord put on my heart, you know, and whatever Daryl find out what we need to to fix this place, you know, and that and that's the thing. That that's basically I said what I you know everything he said you know especially like Will's talking about you know getting out of our cave and stuff like that. We we can't you know we we you know times are hard. This has been a rough year for us, and I, and you talked about that too. So we just said, man, you know we got to stand up. We got to stand up for our families. We got to pray over our families. We got to just be you know be the leaders that God the men that the, you know God's called us to be. So you know lead our children, lead our wives. You know. Because like I said, he wants to bless everything we do. Everything we put our hand to, God wants to bless. But we got to keep him first. And like he said about, you know, we got to be here. You know, and I knew, and we've, you know, like I said, I repent. We did a lot better job, especially being here on Wednesdays. You know, and I, that's something we have made a better, you know, it's, I know it's not easy for people, especially work and stuff, but we've made a concerted effort to be here. You know, every time the door's open. Because they're doing it for us. I mean, they're, you know, so just love you all. And it's good, it's good. Good job, brother. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, anytime God tells you to give an offering or start one going, hey, we don't have any problem with that. <laughs> We're in agreement with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, you know, compared to the parking lot and the roof, a sound system would be a piece of cake for this church, you know. Hallelujah. Well, appreciate that. Good job, Brother Kevin. How about you, Brother Daryl? You ready? Oh, Ethan going next. Okay. Come on, Ethan. So help me God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is on Saturday morning was when Pastor Frazier spoke. And the thing that stood out to, to me was jealousy. We cannot be jealous of other people. For an example, talents and gifts. Because my, because it, because my pastor and of my pastorate, they have more talents and gifts that we won't have. Because that is a very, very high stool to, to try to deal with. Um, and if you want more gifts and talents, and they, and they, there is a verse into the Bible in Matthew six thirty three, and it says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all and and of all of these things shall be added unto you." So if you want more gifts and talents, seek God. Get, 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 get into his word, all right? And whenever we compare ourselves to other people, we, 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 we will sometimes get rude and mean. For an example, I know a kid at school and we will always and we and we would always compare each other of body strength. Yes. And every single day, we 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 would argue and fight. 
and we would have like a lot of arm wrestling, a lot, a lot of bodybuilding competition, and I found out like it wasn't worth it though, because, because it is like, because in to God's eyes, I am perfect. No, no, no matter, no matter if, no matter if I am tiny, small, fat, huge, or who knows, all right? <laughs> and that's pretty much all I got. Good job, now, he didn't want to go. His mamma threatened him. <laughs> he told me this morning, Brother Darrell, right in front of Brother Darrell, he said, uh-uh, I ain't speaking. I ain't saying. Huh. Hallelujah. I guess that's everybody except Brother Darrell, right? Yes. Tyler's working? Yes. Okay. Come on, Brother Darrell. Because you got at least 15 minutes. Don't leave, don't leave it all to me, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to go to the uh, men's conference. You know, I, I told Shannon it was nice to walk in and things be sort of normal. Like Brother Kevin said, you know, we walk in, I had a mask ready to go, and I walk in, and nobody's wearing a mask, and I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> I hate wearing them things. But I'm thankful for the opportunity to go, thankful for the word that we heard. Um, a lot of good things. Um, let's see. Which way am I going to go? Um, I want to read this. This scripture. As uh, Brother Pastor Frazier was uh, speaking Saturday morning, I, I don't know if he read this scripture or if it just came to me. But it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, or chapter 6, I'm sorry. Verse 19 and 20. It says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I ran this morning. You know how long it's been since I ran? I'm a fat man. I don't run. <laughs> Put it this way. I'm a fat man that's had two knee replacements. I don't run. <laughs> but I thank God for that. Because he's given me his spirit that dwells in me, that lives in me, that flows through me if I'll allow it to. And if I'll just let God speak to me and, and I'll listen to his voice whenever he comes to me, then I'll say the words that God wants me to say. Amen. You know, Jesus said when he was here, the words that I speak are the words that I hear my father saying to me. Amen. 
So I need to be listening for what the Father has, to, has me to say to somebody else because I need to be an encouragement to somebody. I need to keep my trap closed until God says, say something. That's our problem a lot of times. We'll run our mouth when we shouldn't be running it. And then when it comes time that God wants to use us to bless somebody, they don't want to hear what we've got to say because we've done said something that we shouldn't have been saying. But I thank God for freedom. Pastor Frazier was speaking, and he said, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And there's another scripture in the Word of God that says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What's liberty? Freedom. If we'll allow God to work in us and, and allow His Spirit to move on us, then whenever He comes by, we can feel free to operate in the gifts that God has placed within us. We need to begin to operate in what God has placed within us. Stop being terrified of what people might say about us, what people might think of us, because what people say and what people think doesn't really matter. Because what's going to matter is when I stand before God and all things are laid bare, Is he going to look at me and say, enter in, good and faithful servant? Hallelujah. You've been faithful over a few things, now I'll make you rule over many. Amen. What are we going to do? How are we going to operate? You know, the book of Galatians says, um, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. You know, the life I'm living isn't mine. Read that scripture at the beginning. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. God paid a great price for us. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he purchased me. I'm, I'm not my own. The things that I want to do, I need to make sure that they line up with the Word of God. And if I make sure that they line up with the Word of God, and I'm seeking His kingdom, and they were saying, how do you seek the kingdom of God? Get yourself in church. Come to the house of God. Be in service. Listen to what your pastors have to say. Let it take the word and meditate on it and hide it in your heart like King David said. Thy word have I hid in my heart, O God, that I might not sin against thee. Might not. You know, King David was the biggest mess. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. 
But you know something about King David? He knew how to repent. I might fall a thousand, there's an old song. I may fall a thousand times on my journey home. But what matters is I get up one more time than I fall. It doesn't matter where I'm at in my journey. As long as I'm seeking God in what I'm doing. And I'm walking and I'm being faithful to Him. And we got to get a hold of God. We have to come to the house of God and we've got to worship and we've got to praise God and we've got to get, get, get into the service. You know, we come in and, and we sing a few songs at the beginning of service and we worship God. That part of the service is for God. When the word becomes to come forth, that's for us. God wants to change us. He wants to mold us. He wants to shape us into what we need to be in the kingdom. Because each one of us has a job to do. It's not our job to come in and sit on a pew on Sunday morning, on Wednesday evening, for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes, for an hour. For two hours. For three hours if you go to a Pentecostal church. Amen. But it's not our job to come in and sit on a pew. Amen. It's our job to work for the kingdom of God. This is just a filling station. I used to go to a church years ago. Had a sign above the door before you entered into the sanctuary. It said, enter to worship, leave to serve. You want God to do something for you? You want God to, to work in your life? Serve. I'm just waiting on God to move. Well, everybody that I know that waits serves. I go to a restaurant and there's people waiting tables. What are they doing? They're making sure that everybody has everything that they need. Why? Because they're waiting. They're serving. And that's where we need to get. We need to get to that place where we're waiting on God. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to encourage somebody? At Miss Shannon's work, we were talking last week. She said, you know, I always, whenever I go to an area, I always say, God, give me an opportunity to witness. And she told me a week ago, a witness to the last person in that department. Didn't know how it was going to work out. Didn't know how it was going to happen. But I had the opportunity to witness to the last person in that department that I hadn't had the opportunity to witness to. God opened the door. I stepped through. Amen. 
Now I'm ready for a new job. Praise God. We need to learn to wait. We need to learn to seek God. We need to, 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 to find out just what God has for us. We need to learn who we are in God. I'm not just an old sinner, like, like, like Pastor Fraser said Saturday morning. I'm, just, I'm not just an old sinner saved by grace. I'm a new creation in God. The Word of God says, I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to learn who we are. We need to step up higher. We need to do more for God. We need to seek Him in everything that we do. Be faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, Pastor. Good word, Brother Darrell. Hallelujah. I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but you're getting some good word this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, they skirted all around what I was going to say, but I had a few things ready just in case. That's, that's how you got to be when you go last. You got to be ready in season and out of season, right? Amen. But I want to read a passage of Scripture to you, and I want to exhort on it as we go along. But in Matthew, the sixth chapter, 24th verse, it says, No one can serve two masters. You can't be a double agent. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon is defined in the Amplified as deceitful riches, yes. money, possessions, yes. or whatever is trusted in. Yes. You know, Pastor Stephen was talking about he, he got in a situation, he lost his joy and peace. And so he went to the Lord, he said, Lord, I, I lost my joy and peace. I, I need you to do this. I need you to fix this. I need you to turn this around. And he said, who's your joy and peace in? He said, right, Lord, my joy and peace should be in him. Not in the circumstances, not in what's going on around your life, but in him. And so he went away, and the next day the same thing got stirred up. Some situation he was in, he lost his joy and peace. He went to the Lord. Lord, you need to take care of this. You need to do something about this, he says. And the Lord says, where's your joy and peace? It's in you, Lord. Right. He said he did this like three or four times before he finally got it, you know. If your joy and peace and your trust is in him, then it doesn't matter what happens around you or what your circumstances are doing or the storm that's raging, you maintain your joy and your peace. And how many knows your strength is in what? Your joy. You got to have joy in order to have strength. And so he wants you to have joy and peace, but it has to be in him because he never changes. He's always joy and peace when we trust in him. So anyway, that's, that was all free. That was a side journey. But we've got to be careful what we're trusting in. Verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on, is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? So he's saying, you know, these are things that we all need. 
but we're not to be anxious about them. We're not to worry about them. We all need clothes. He's talking about the necessities of life. We all need those things. But he's saying we shouldn't be anxious about them. We shouldn't have anxiety. We shouldn't get stressed over them. We shouldn't worry about them. And then he says, look at the birds of the air. They never sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father, the one you should be trusting in, keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure, cubit, to his stature or to, to the span of his life? What is all your anxiety and worrying and stressing going to add to your life? Not one thing. You can't grow one inch from it. It's not going to do anything for your life. And then he says, and why should you be anxious about clothes? Again, we're, the broader picture is the, the necessities of life. Why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. In other words, they ain't sweating it out. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace was not arrayed like one of these. Talking about the lilies. But if God so clothes clothes, uh, the grass of the field, which today is alive and green tomorrow, is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you or give you the necessities of life? Uh, You know... We need food, we need clothes, we need a car, we need a job, we need money, we need a house to live in, we need uh, things uh, to get our kids to school and back from school. There's a lot of things we need, and they're the necessities of life. But he's telling us, don't sweat over them. Don't worry about them. Don't be anxious about them. Uh, He says, and then he ends that uh, dissertation, well, Will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? O you of little faith. It seems like anxiety and worry and stress has to do with a lack of faith. If you're worrying, if you're anxious, if you're stressing about the necessities of life, uh, you might be lacking a little bit in faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And it's talking in Romans 10, 17. And it's that word hearing in the Greek is uh, plural. It means plurality. In other words, it's not just hearing at one time. It's hearing and hearing and hearing. And when you hear and hear and hear the word, then your faith comes. That's the only way faith comes. And you say, well, I, I thought my tests and trials will give me faith no it will strengthen your faith it will exercise your faith but the word is the only thing that gives you faith and he says therefore do not worry and be anxious saying what are we going to have to eat or what are we going to have to drink or what are we going to have to wear in other words where are the necessities of life going to come i need these things and then he tells us for the gentiles the heathen, the unbeliever, Joe centered on the street, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly father knows well that you need them. God knows we need these things. 
And then he says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own, Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have a, a new set of problems, a new set of troubles. And, and, but I, what I want you to notice is 12 times Jesus warn, warns us in just this passage of Scripture not to worry or be anxious or be stressed. 12 times in this one dissertation. Do you think he's trying to tell us something? He's trying to tell us that not to be worried especially about the necessities of life. He said, he's telling us he's got that covered. He knows that we need them. And he says, I got one thing for you to do, and that is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing and being right. And all these things, what things? The things that we were talking about here, the necessities of life that Joe Sinner is stressing over every morning, worrying about whether or not he's going to have enough, whether or not he's going to be able to, pay his car payment, pay his house payment, feed his kids, do whatever. Uh, he don't want us worrying like Joe centered on the street. Amen. Amen. But one of the things they brought out was, and, and you know, Dr. Mark Barkley was an ex-military man. And so he would tell us military stories, but one of the things he said is we used to have a mission called Seek and Destroy. And then there's missions like Seek and Rescue. You, you military people know know what I'm talking about. Seek and destroy means that you seek something out diligently. You set that as a goal. You don't stop until you reach it, till you find it, and then you destroy it. You don't damage it. You don't take it back with you. You destroy it in place. And then another mission is seek and rescue. They send you on a rescue mission. I watch SEAL Team every week or every other week whenever it comes on. And that's basically what they do is seek and destroy, seek and rescue. So I understand thoroughly seek and destroy, seek and rescue. But that word seek is not just a casual looking for something. That's right. This is something you do diligently. He, he talked about craving for it, desiring it. You don't give up. It's a goal of yours to seek and find this thing. And he says to do that with the kingdom of God. He didn't say to seek the king. He says seek the kingdom. And what is that? It's the king's domain. Yes. So that's everything within his domain. He wants us seeking that. Yes. And then he wants us doing things his way. Yes. Doing things the right way. Seeking after righteousness because that's what righteousness is. It's doing things right. It's being right. Be right with the kingdom. Be right with God. Do what he's called you to do. And he said that if you'll do that, if you'll seek my kingdom diligently, make it as a goal for life, continue seeking it. Don't ever give up. Continue seeking it until I come and take you out of this world. He said, I will add to you all the things that the, the Gentiles and the heathen and Joe Sinner is striving for every day in his life, worrying about, stressing over. And, and you know what? God, he emphasizes worry and anxiety because he knows it will kill us. And if it don't kill us, it will shorten our lives. 
Besides, if your trust is in him, why are you worrying about anything? If you're trusting in him, he's got it all. He's got you covered. Like Brother Kevin said, that fear kind of hit us all when we walked in that church and nobody was wearing a mask. I had my two grandsons with me, and I had three masks in my hand, getting ready to put them on at the door. And I noticed nobody's wearing them, including the greeter at the door and, and the ushers. And I said, are we required to wear masks? He said, only if you want to. I said, <laughs> but I prayed. I prayed over all of us. I pled the blood of Jesus on us. I said, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Any germ or virus hits this body, it's going to shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. That's my right as a member of the kingdom of God. So these are some of the things that we seek in the kingdom of God. What's in the kingdom of God? Healing, prosperity, safety, uh, you know, uh, provision, all the things we need. But we're to seek all of those things through him, not in ourselves. We ain't got nothing. We're going to fail miserably if we're trusting in ourselves. So we put our trust in him. But he tells us, don't worry, don't stress, don't be anxious. And in Philippians 4, 6, he says, be anxious for nothing. How many things? Nothing. nothing. Don't worry about anything. Right. Don't stress over anything. Right. But in all things, yes. through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Yes. The one that already knows the things that we have need of, but he says, ask anyway. I want to make sure you're focused on the right things. I want to make sure that you're focused on me, that your trust and reliance is on me and not the way you're getting these things. Thank God for our jobs. Amen. I mean, I had two careers. I, I had 20 years with UPS, 20 years with Ford, and 25 years pastoring this church. Of course, they overlap because I ain't that old. <laughs> But I never, re I never relied on UPS, and I never relied on Ford. I relied on him. Because, you know, it, uh, uh, Ford and UPS and Walmart and wherever you work is a resource that God uses. But he is the source. He is your provider. And if this, like, you know, he sent uh, Elijah to the brook Cherith. He says, you know, abide there. Twice a day, I'll send a raven with your dinner and your lunch. Right. And, and he says, and drink from the brook. Well, that brook was not his source for water. Those ravens were not his source for food. They were a resource that God was using. And one day, the brook dried up, and the ravens quit visiting. But you know what? He didn't sweat it because God was his source. And when the resource dries up, when you lose your job that you're working at now, God has another resource as long as he's the source. And he sent him to a widow in Zarephath. And that widow provided for him. And you know what? A lot of people think, a widow, what's this widow going to do? She don't have nothing. Matter of fact, when he met her, she was getting her last meal together, going to feed her and her son and then die. And Elijah says, feed me first. Don't you know that little woman had faith? You know, that woman was not trusting in Elijah. She wasn't trusting in the, in the meal or the water. She was trusting in God. She obeyed the word and in faith. 
And when she did, she got a meal barrel that never ran dry, an oil cruise that never ran dry. And it provided for her, her family, probably the whole village, the whole time that there was a drought. Amen? Why? The right source. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, we spend too much time stressing and worrying. And we, we spend too much time fearing things. And, and the biggest fear this past year was COVID. And I said from the beginning, it's nothing to fear. Yeah. Uh, now, should we, not, should we disrespect it? No, we should be cautious. We should do the things that we can. But we should do that with any germ. Yeah. You should be just as concerned about the flu as you are with COVID. Yeah. You should be concerned with any kind of virus. You don't want any kind of virus. Yeah. And I noticed since COVID came about, it wiped the flu out. We don't have any more flu cases in this country. But the flu deaths were like 86%. COVID deaths are 98.8% or 98.6%. I'll take my chances with COVID. I'll keep cleaning my hands and washing things and sanitizing things, but I'm sanitizing against the flu, Amen. not COVID. <laughs> the flu is more dangerous. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going I'm to close with a, a, a comical story. It's a true story. Uh, Dr. Barkley told us about it. He's, I, I, you know, I'm not bragging on him, but Dr. Barkley is a man's man. He spent years in the military as a, a Marine gunny, a drill sergeant. He spent 21 years in an active combat zone in Vietnam. That's where he got saved. Uh, I don't know if you know what type of language drill sergeants use, but it ain't pretty. And he got saved in Vietnam. He come back here. He got in a good church. Uh, California, I think he was living at the time. He was, he was uh, posted at Camp Pendleton in uh, San Diego, I guess it is. Yeah, San Diego, California. Did you go there for training, Brother Darrell? Oh, where'd you go to? Paradise, Paradise Island. Do you know Brother Darrell was a Marine? Is a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Semper Fi. Hoorah. But... But anyway, he gets in the, in the church. Now, there's no doubt in his mind, he got saved in Vietnam. He was born again in Vietnam. His spirit was renewed, but he was in the same body of flesh. He gets back to States, and now he's a drill sergeant at Camp Pendleton. He starts going to the church, this church, and he gets under a good pastor. And the pastor was teaching them about their authority in, with a demon, demon uh, spirits and demon powers. And... Uh, he said, all right, as an exercise, a role play, he said, I want you to pair off with somebody, and one guy be the demon, and you be the guy that knows his authority, and I want you to cast that demon out. Now, he wasn't really casting demons out. They were role playing. This is how I would talk to a demon, you know. And so it come his turn, <laughs> and he says, you come out of him, you blankety-blankety-blank, beep, beep, blop, blop, beep, beep. <laughs> And he said the whole place went silent. And he was, he was saying, now, I was saved, but I wasn't fixed yet. And he said <laughs> two people started coming towards him, Sister Pentecost and his pastor. And Sister Pentecost had a reputation for being pretty tough. And he said, and in addition to that, she was old and a little bit ugly. 
and scary. So he said, I had to make a decision. Who do I want to go to first? He says, I hit it for the pastor because I knew he had a mercy gift. And he said, about midway, Sister Pentecost spun him around and started poking him in the chest and telling him, if I ever hear you talk like that, if I ever hear that you, somebody else tell me you talk like that, I'm going to pray that God strike you dead. <laughs> so he said that uh, it scared him because he, he knew Sister Pentecost had pulled with God. So he says the next day he's back at the camp and he's training recruits again. And this one recruit messed up. And he said, I went charging up to him. He says, with his little drill sergeant head on, he bent over and said, you stupid. And he said, I froze. He said, I couldn't say what I wanted to say. He said, all I kept seeing was Sister Pentecost poking me in the chest and telling me, if you ever say that again, you're going to die. <laughs> He said, I believe her. He said, now, you, you know better than to do that. <laughs> uh, but his whole point was this, that, you know, when he got saved, he was messed up. Now, his, his spirit was fixed. Uh, his, his spirit was renewed. He was born again. There's no doubt about it. Took on the nature of God, shut off the nature of the devil. And uh, he said he used to go to night, go to bed every night with demons dancing in his head, evil thoughts, thoughts of how I'm going to kill somebody, thoughts of how I'm going to do this and that. And he said after he got saved from the very first night on, he never had another thought like that when he went to bed. So he knew something happened on the inside, but his point was that he was still messed up on the outside. He still had a flesh that wasn't uh, very cooperative with the spirit. And he said, all that has to be changed through the church. He said, that's the church's job is to fix me because I'm broken. And so he said that a little by little, one step at a time, one day at a time, he learned things through the church and started walking them. He says that we have to go. I, I might have missed a step, Brother Darrell. Correct me if I did. But he says we have to go through these steps. Number one, a convert. Number two, an epistle. And number three, a disciple. Was there a fourth one? Okay, well, it's probably one of the most important ones. But anyway, it's not in your notes, Brother Will. <laughs> but anyway, a convert is you just got converted. You got born again. But the conversion continues. You get converted every day from something. But then you have to become an epistle. And what is that? That's a letter. That's a witness to the church. The epistles tell us how we're to live as a born-again believer. And eventually, we get to the place where we become a disciple. And that means a follower of Christ, a true follower of Christ. And that word disciple comes from a word called discipline. I know that's a bad word to most people, but discipline. And what is it discipline of? Your flesh, your soul, your mind. That has to be disciplined every day. And guess who has to discipline it? Me and you. That's our job. God saved our spirit, but it's our job to discipline the flesh and become a disciple, an epistle. And that uh, epistle, like I said, is a witness, you know. And you have to have a witness. You have to have a testimony. You have to have somebody uh, see something in you that they don't see in the world, don't see in anybody else. 
And he said, you know, most people would have a longer testimony, but he says, break it down into two, three, four parts and, and have uh, small parts because uh, there's going to come a time, like Sister Shannon says, praying for somebody to witness to. And I got a witness when you said that that was the last guy in your department. I think you've been released. I think you've been loose, sister. Get ready for your transfer. Get ready for your promotion because your job is done there. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Yep. And so she did her job. She did what she was called to do in that position. Now, she's not going to change companies, but she's going to move within that company to something she's been wanting for a long time. And I think that that was the release right there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand our feet. I hope you all got something out of this today. I think that was a good investment that these men made. They, they paid for their tickets, $34 a ticket. Yes. And uh, they ate that much. So, <laughs> But spiritually speaking, that was a good investment for them. Yes. Amen. Amen. And uh, we need to pray for our men in this church. Because yes, uh, it's, you know, it's tough for men. Yes. It's tough for everybody, but you women got a, a spiritual edge on us. You know, you're, you're more in tune with the spirit usually. You're more uh, apt to obey quickly where men have to be convinced and men have to figure out logically how they're going to do something. But, you know, women can hear the voice of the Lord and just obey. So you pray for us. Amen. <laughs> we need more prayer than y'all do. We all need prayer, but we need more. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we could tell by these testimonies that each and every one of these men received something significant in this meeting. Gifts were imparted, hallelujah. Anointings were imparted into them. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, that each and every man that received the gift, received an anointing, will take it to the next level. They will operate in that gift, operate in that anointing, Lord. They'll not only keep what they God at this meeting, but they will multiply in it, Lord. They'll walk closer and stronger every single day, Lord, overcoming the obstacles in their lives, being good men, being good fathers, being good husbands, hallelujah, being good church members. And we will not, if we had one before, we no longer have any double agents amongst the men in this church. And we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I ask that you bless each and every one that's here. God, we know that you're the need meter and you are in this place and there are needs. And when there's needs in a place, you meet them. So we ask you to meet their needs today. Lord, I ask you to touch every sick and broken body in this place today. In Jesus' name, heal them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord. Touch our souls today, Lord. Touch our minds. Bring peace and comfort to our minds, Lord. We cast out worry. Lord, you said to cast our cares upon you because you careth for us. So we, every care that we have right now, every stress, every anxiety, every worry, we roll it over onto you, Lord, because you told us to. And you can carry it much better than we can. You can handle it much better than we can. And not only that, but we're putting our trust in you. you. You are the one in whom we trust. You are our 
resource. You are, I mean, you are our source. You're not just a resource, Lord. We're going to stick to you no matter what happens around us, no matter how the circumstances change, the attacks come against us. We're going to stick with you. We're going to rely and trust in you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord. Thank you.